Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Perspective Podcast. My name is Michael Mazaritsky. I'm your co-host for the day. I am the president of Milestone Asset Management Group, a fee-only registered investment advisor uh, located right here in Avon, Connecticut. And my co-host is uh, Rich Lopresti. Hey, Rich. Hey, how's how's it going? How's your summer going? So far, so good. It's uh, it's going by very, very quickly, uh, to be honest with you. You know, we are, we are almost back to school here. What about you? It is going quick. It is going quick. Uh, yeah, my, my kids are going back to school too, actually. So, college. So I, I will tell you, it's going by much faster for them than, than it is mm-hmm. for us. <laughs> but I know we took a little break since our last episode. I think our last episode was in February. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. We got very busy with our practice. You know, the market is... It's kind of volatile, um, but it also presents uh, uh, many different tax planning opportunities. And unfortunately, we we, we kind of uh, slacked off a little bit with our episodes. I, I mean, I'll, I'll take the blame for that, but we've been getting questions and, you know, uh, people were asking about when the next one is coming. So uh, we are now back. We're going to produce this on a weekly basis. I am committing to it again. But today's uh, topic is a very interesting one. And actually, Rich, you're the one that brought that up to uh, uh, to the table as we you know, lay out what we're going to talk about over the next you know, few months or so. And it has to do with, with a topic that is uh, uh, rarely discussed, actually. You know, as I start to prepare for this episode and I looked online, there's not, not a ton of information on today's topic. And, and that topic has to do with after tax money in your 401k plan. How about them apples, Rich? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if, if you're lucky enough to, to and have the ability to save and save more than, uh, I guess this year is 20500 if you're under 50, um, you could add more contributions after tax. But what does that exactly mean? And that's, uh, that's what we're here to uh, uncover. Yes, and we actually come across this pretty frequently, to be honest with you, because back in the day, you know, the pre-tax contributions were so low that you you maxed that out fairly quickly. And then many plans, just like you said, Rich, would allow you to go in and put money in after tax. So you don't get a deduction on your taxes, right? So it doesn't help you from your AGI perspective, adjusted gross income, but it helps you put money and save money away for retirement. And the monies are growing tax-deferred, right? So the money goes in after tax, they grow tax-deferred. But as the contribution limits continue to evolve and get higher and higher and higher, uh, for most people, uh, the pre-tax contributions are are enough. But as you get further along in your career, right, you start to make more money and you do want to save more towards your retirement, you know, IRAs are around 6,500. So if you want to do more, there are still many plans that would allow you to go in and put money in after tax into your 401k plan, even after you've maxed out your pre-tax contributions, which is great, right? You put your money away, it's grown tax deferred, but then you come to a retirement point and you say, okay, gee, what, a, what do I do? <laughs> I got this after tax money. What do I do with that, right? How do I make that work? What does it mean? Can I take it? Can I not take it? Can I segregate it? And that is the point of today's episode is to kind of give you some clarity on some of the options uh, that might be available to you. 
Rich, how often would you say we see uh, a 401k plan with after-tax contributions in it? Um, I do see it fairly regularly. I mean, the, the amount differs, but I do, I do see it. Now, in your experience, how often have you come across a situation where a client or prospective client has after-tax money, but they don't even know that it's there as after-tax? Uh, quite, quite often, they're not. They're not sure what the difference is, and you know, typically it would be just you know rolled over into you know a rollover IRA, and you know, there, there it goes, and you know, they just kind of leave it there and kind of see see what happens when you know it's time to pay the, the tax bill. Yeah. So why don't we take a step back and first and foremost, let's tell uh, our listeners, how do you identify, how do you find out that you have 401k monies in general, and maybe not monies in general, but different sources within the 401k, because that's what it is. It's an after-tax source. How do you find out if you have after-tax money in your K plan? Well, it, it actually does. It does tell you. So in, in your 401k, there some 401ks offer, not all 401ks offer it, but they do, they do segregate it, you know, and it shows you maxing out your regular 401k. And then there's also a, a, a thing for after tax uh, deduction. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty straightforward. Just to kind of look at your statements, go online or call your 401k provider. Even if you're not sure you have it, just call them and ask them because if you do have it, it presents a lot of very interesting planning. You know, for those of you that have listened to our channel, you know, at Milestone, we're all about tax planning, you know, because we cannot control which way the market is going to go. We don't know what, you know, the, the Washington will do with taxes and which way that's going to swing, though. We think it's going to go up you, almost unanimously. Uh, but we can't control the steps that we take from tax planning perspective and after tax monies, having that monies in your 401k plan certainly allows you to do some very cool things and cool strategies from planning perspective. So we'll start with the simple ones and sort of go over the options and just progressively get into more complex stuff. So Rich, what would you say would be the, the first, the basic thing? You have after tax money in your 401k plan. Okay, great. What's the basic thing that somebody can do with the 401k money without getting into very, very complex um, strategies yet? <laughs> well, they can obviously leave it in, in the 401k, which, which may or may not have its, its benefits. But typically what people do is they roll, roll it over to their IRA and to a, an IRA that they establish at a, at a brokerage firm. But you know they're given a sheet of paper that has multiple options on it. That is just very, very confusing, and there's no one really to go over that uh, distribution process with you. And even the person that can go over that with you, typically at the 401k or the HR person that you have, they're not going to give you any advice or recommendation. So typically, you see it rolled into an IRA together. And that's kind of mixing, if you will, salt and water together, you know, the pre-tax and after-tax monies together. And they're, they're kind of, <laughs> again, like salt and water. And uh, it's difficult to keep track of it. But, you know, when you take funds out, it comes out proportionately 
from you know the taxable and then the tax-free amount that you have. Yeah, so let's uh, let, let's take a step back first and just talk a little bit about what happens. Right. So when you retire, you have a 401k plan with the company you've been working with and you've been saving. So when you retire, you're really kind of faced with a couple of different options. Option number one is, you, like Rich said, you don't have to do a thing. You just leave the money in your K plan, assuming it's more than $5,000 because most plans will process what they call the de minimis distribution when just they send the money out to you if it's under 5K. So assuming it's more than that, you can leave your money in the plan. You don't have to do anything. You can just leave your money in the 401k plan and you can continue taking distributions from it as you get older. It's totally fine. The option that Rich is alluding to is that a lot of people go in and take their 401k money and they put it into their own personal retirement accounts, IRA. Now, whether this is the right step for you or not, not sure. You got to talk to a financial planner that you work with. Uh, primarily a fiduciary. Hopefully, that's the only planner you're working with. Um, but there are some benefits to potentially rolling your 401k from an employer-sponsored plan to an individual-sponsored retirement account under your name. A, primarily, you have a lot more investment choices, right? So you can go in and you can pick a variety of options. You know, Usually, 401k plans are fairly limited. Uh, however, when you move it to an IRA, you have a universe of a lot of different options that you can choose from, uh, different products and, and, and so on. So you increase that visibility. You do want to be careful um, to make sure that you know, you're not paying excessive fees, commissions, and stuff like that. So you definitely want to compare and contrast. But a lot of people do move the money over. Now, regardless of whether you keep the money in the 401k, you put it into an IRA, you know, when you turn 72, you have a required minimum distribution. And essentially what that means is you got to take money out. You like it, you don't like it, it doesn't matter. You got to take them out. Now, I know they're tinkering with the age that you know, maybe pushed back a little bit here, but at this point, it's 72. Uh, and that rule applies to your 401k or IRA, pretty much the same. So what Rich basically is saying is that a lot of people take their money, they move it into an IRA, and then you have the pre-tax and after-tax money kind of plopped together into one account. And when you do that, it's up to you. It's your responsibility to keep track of after-tax versus pre-tax ratios. It gets fairly complicated. Uh, versus in a K plan, it's sort of being kept for you, the company. They maintain the balances. So when you do do the rollover, if you do decide to move money out of the 401k into an IRA, instead of combining and rolling everything over into an IRA, Rich, what would you say should be an option that should be considered uh, as a strategy one when you have after-tax money? Well, the, the golden goose opportunity is rolling it into a, a Roth IRA. That that would be beneficial to you, right? So it's, it's you know, it's it's kind of amazing, actually. I mean, you're, you're contributing to that. You don't see the benefit up front. But once you approach retirement or sever from the company, you know, the IRS allows you to roll that after-tax portion into uh, a Roth IRA. Yeah, so let's give an example. So let's say, you know, Rich retires tomorrow. He's not much older than... (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. He's 65. uh, And then he's got a million dollars in his 401k account. Out of that million dollars, 100,000 of that is being contributed as after-tax money over the course of Rich's career at Milestone. So when Rich retires... 
he does what they call a rollover. So he takes $900,000 from his IRA 401k plan and he rolls it over directly into a pre-tax traditional or rollover IRA. So therefore, it's not a taxable event. And what he does with the $100,000 that's after tax, that money gets moved to a Roth IRA. They call it a Roth IRA conversion. But because the 100000 is after tax, meaning it's being contributed post-taxes, the conversion has no tax consequences. So now you have two IRA accounts, one with $900,000 of pre-tax money and one with $100,000 of after-tax money. But now that $100,000 of after-tax money is going to grow which way, Rich? Tax-free, baby. Tax Our free. favorite phrase at Milestone, tax-free. You don't have to pay a dime in taxes on the growth of this money for the duration of your life, your spouse's life if you're married. And when you pass away, your beneficiaries get 10 years of tax-free growth out of that account before they have to close it out and take the money out, which is the new rule now. So it's a phenomenal way to kind of take the after-tax money and shift them into the account that is a Roth. Now, if you've never had a Roth account, so let's say Rich is 65, he just retired, and he just opened the Roth account for the first time, right as he about to do that rollover, the five-year rule for Roth applies. What is that? That means that money has to stay in the Roth IRA account for five years before he can take it out without paying penalties on the interest uh, earned. And that is one of the reasons why we encourage all of our clients as soon as possible to open up a Roth account because the five-year countdown starts from the first day you open the Roth account. So if I'm 44 and I have a Roth account open at the age of 44, by the time I'm 49, the five-year rule is no longer applicable to me because I've had the Roth account for five years. So at 65, if I want to do a conversion, the five-year rules don't apply to us anymore. Right, Rich? Exactly. And it's important too, um, especially when you're retiring because you know, of the dynamic retirement distribution process that you can go through because all of these accounts have different tax ramification, but that's another topic for another day. Yes, actually, this is a topic we're going to cover at the next episode um, next week that we're going to put out uh, where we're going to talk about dynamic distributions and dynamic planning and how important that is and why all of our clients are going through that versus just a good old Monte Carlo simulation. But we're going to keep that for next week. But that, that's, that's one of the benefits, right? So take the money out, segregate them or separate them. Now, if you do not do the rollover, right? Let's say you, Rich, decides not to do the rollover. He's going to keep the million dollars in his 401k. Many times, what, oh, by the way, when you do the rollover, in the example before, we have $900,000 in the IRA account. So now the RMD, the required minimum distribution, the age of 72, is only accessible on 900000 versus a million because Roth IRAs have no required distributions. So if Rich decides not to do it, he has a million dollars in his IRA account, even though 100000 of it is after tax, he's still required to take an RMD out on the million, which is money that you don't have to spend, And number one. Number two, many times when you call in and take a distribution, let's say you call in and say, hey guys, uh, my 401k provider sent me a check for 50000 but only use my after-tax money. Rich, what's the answer to that question? Uh, you're going to have to pay taxes proportionally on all those assets. That's correct. So you cannot tell them which source to use. It has to be prorated. So you don't have an ability to just pull the money out as after-tax only. So 
doing the rollover and doing the Roth conversion makes a lot of sense. Now, a lot of times you say, gee, you know what, Mike, what if I don't want to do a Roth conversion for whatever reason? If I do this rollover of 900000 to an IRA, can I just get a check for hundred grand and go like on a very cool vacation? Yeah, baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it is accessible yeah. to you. So the, the, this after tax money, you can take it, right? So when you're doing a rollover, the money gets separated. But you need to be of retirement age to be able to do that. That's correct. So you need to be over the age of 59 and a half. You have to be, usually you probably want to wait till you actually retire because if you're 72 and still working for the company, you shouldn't be doing any kind of rollovers. The money should stay in the K plan because as long as you're actively employed by the company, there is no required distribution until you retire. Right. Uh, so it's, that's, a, that's a good point, Rich. Everything that we discussed. But you still, I mean, you should, should still keep it, you should still roll it to the, the Roth IRA first, having established a Roth IRA five years prior. And then you can take it out when you want to take it out. Because if you, you know, if that trip gets canceled because of a COVID or something like that, well, guess what? You could have another year or two of growth that, uh, you know, on a tax, tax-free basis that you're not going to have now that you took the funds out and put it into a taxable account. Yeah. We don't like that word. We do not like taxable. We like tax-free as much as possible. From So I think from planning perspective, it just, it just makes a lot of sense when you have after-tax money to, in order for you to do that, we, you just have to do a rollover of enough money to free up all the after-tax and, and put that into an IRA and then put the after-tax into a Roth. Now it's growing through tax-free. Right. With that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about a, a more complicated strategy, uh, uh, which we see quite frequently here with companies like UTC or Raytheon now, uh, and you know Pfizer and a few other ones. Uh, and that strategy is called net unrealized appreciation. Rich, you want to give us a quick rundown of what that is? Well, that's when you have well, net unrealized appreciation, which means that you have not realized the appreciation in the company stock that they have given you. And depending upon how you take that out or receive that, well, again, the uh, good old tax man is going to tax you in different ways. So uh, you want to go down and uh, go over the different options? Absolutely. So anyway, and We'll spend very little bit of time explaining what that is today because we can probably have a whole episode around anyway and how it calculates and what it is. But it's basically when you work for a company, we see it with UTC or Raytheon all the time, the company outside of matching your contributions into a K-plan also gives you an ESOP contribution where they put in money and they buy company stock. Well, over the course of your career, the company stock hopefully is going up in value. So when you retire, let's say at the age of 65, you have, uh, let's say, an example of uh, before we have a million dollar 401k account. Let's say out of that million dollars, we have $100,000 after tax and 500000 of that is in company stock. Well, the value of the company stock is $500,000, but maybe you've contributed $50,000 into it over the course of your career or $50,000 are the cost basis for that stock. And $450,000 is the appreciation of, of that equity. Uh, and that's what it is. You put 50 grand in, now it's worth $500,000. You made $450,000. If you keep your accounts in your 401k plan, you have a million dollars, RMD is uh, assessed on a million dollars, uh, your distributions will be going out pro rata. So we already established that if you have after tax money, you should consider doing, potentially consider doing a rollover. What is an anyway? Anyway is an ability for you to take 
your stock, that half a million dollars that you have in stock, take it out from the 401k plan, put it into a non-retirement account. So now you move that half a million dollars into, let's say, a brokerage account. When you do that, you are only assessed taxes on $50,000, which are the basis. And now you have that stock in your brokerage account with the basis of 50 grand, the value of half a million, and you have $450,000 worth of unrealized gain. Reason why you would do that is because now that unrealized gain, if you go in and sell it, is taxed to you at long-term capital gain bracket rather than ordinary income. So let's run through the numbers again. You have a million dollars in your 401k plan. You have $500,000 in your company stock. When you do the NUA, now your 401k goes down by a half a million dollars because that's the stock that gets extracted back into a brokerage account. And now you have, your 401k is at a half a million dollars. So now your RMDs are much lower and you have a significantly bigger uh, tax benefit by selling your stock within the brokerage account and paying 15% long-term capital gain versus 28, 32. It's a big, big difference. Don't you think, Rich? Yeah. I mean, how beautiful is that? Yeah. Especially if you're working hard and the, the stock keeps appreciating. So that's, you know, you keep getting a bigger and bigger benefit. Yeah, and again, this this is a very high level. There's some caveats to it. You know, the beneficiaries don't get the step-by basis and so on, but that's not the point. I'm just kind of trying to paint the picture of how the NUA works. Now, why are we bringing NUA into this discussion? Because after-tax has a lot to do with it. Remember in our example, we had $100,000 of after-tax money. We have a million dollars in the 401k, $500,000 in company stock, 50,000 cost basis, and $100,000 of after-tax. Lots of moving pieces. Luckily, we can keep track of all of that and we, we know what all of that do. For you as a listener, you might have to rewind a few times to really get a gist of it or just you know, contact us. We'll be happy to kind of walk you through it. But when you do the NUA, you have $50,000 of cost basis. That's theoretically taxable to you. You got to pay taxes on it unless you have after-tax money you can actually pull your cost basis from after-tax money and have no tax consequences on that. So now you're moving half a million dollars of stock into a brokerage account. You're pulling $50,000 from your after-tax money, so there are no taxable consequences for it at all. And then the remaining $50,000 gets converted into a Roth account. Sounds simple, Rich? <laughs> oh, def definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But that's one of the more complex strategies that you can utilize. But I'll tell you, it's, it's very important because if you don't do it properly and you don't follow through on that properly, you can get it screwed up very easily. You know, a lot of accountants need, need to be kind of walked through exactly what happened. You know, we provide what we call uh, a tax letter to all of our clients when we do anyway for them, or really anything throughout the year. We send a letter to all of their accountants explaining exactly what we did and which forms should be filed and what codes should be used. So we make it very simple for the accountants so that there's, there are no mistakes on tax returns. Um, but you kind of have to follow along. But the bottom line here is that you have now been able to lower your retirement account balance by almost $600,000. Your RMDs are significantly lower. You have $50,000 growing tax-free, and now you have half a million, $450,000 of tax of uh, stock appreciation at long-term capital gains, which is at least half of what you would pay had you taken the money out from 
401k directly without doing any of the NUA or any of the after-tax conversion or anything like that. It sounds to me like a lot of money could be left on the table if you don't have a proper uh, proper strategy plan and approach, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's very, very important to plan, especially making these big moves, you know, uh, once you retire. Uh, a lot of moving parts, a lot of emotion going on. And, you know, you're happy that you're retiring in most cases. And, you know, you don't want to overlook any of these things because it's very, very important, not only for you, but your your beneficiaries and the ones that you care about. So, Yeah, very well said. You know, I think a lot of the edge can be taken off by starting to plan in advance, right? You know, we usually encourage our clients to start digging into it two, three years out. So this way you had a couple of years to kind of run through the numbers. Again, this is not a very simple example. Uh, then there's a lot of other moving pieces that we need to be aware of as we're considering whether the NUA is right for you, it's wrong for you, it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but it's important to uh, kind of start doing this a sooner rather than later so you have time to run through the numbers and understand exactly what is it that's going to happen, how it's going to impact you, why it's beneficial to you, what is an overall tax saving. Um, and so on. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, a, a lot of times what we see is we, we get contacted by somebody and they are retiring in next month and they want to do all of that. And for us, it's not an issue. We've been doing this for a long time. We can run through those numbers, but the question is, can you comprehend them enough to be able to make the decision uh, to either do it or not do it? But the decision-making process, you really shouldn't be rushed. You should be able to take your time. And the only way to do that is to kind of you know, reach out to someone like ourselves or you know, fee-only fiduciary planner that understands all the nuances of tax planning and show you the benefits of doing it in your way or not. You know, Because, again, it's, it's not for everyone. But, again, after tax, there, 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 not a lot of topics, not a lot of information is out there. Um, you know, I'm sure there are a few other ways that I can think we can use after tax in in the 401k plan altogether, but I think that these are probably the, the two most important ones, you know, converting it to a Roth IRA, potentially taking money out if you need to for your spendings, if, if it's not big enough. But I, I think converting it into a Roth IRA is, 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 is a no-brainer in my opinion because when was the last time you were able to convert a significant amount of money tax-free into, into account that will grow tax-free for the rest of your life, your spouse's life, and the beneficiary's life, right? I mean, it's a long time. It's a long time, and there's no required distributions on it. So uh, with that said, are there any, any, any final thoughts on this, uh, Rich, that you might want to add to it? I feel like we've, uh, we've covered quite a few things, and we want to keep our episodes to about 30 minutes, so we don't want to go too much over it. But anything else you might want to add to this? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think we covered it all. But uh, again, just you just don't want to rush that decision with your 401k to, to roll it over. Because if you roll it all over into the traditional IRA, you kind of uh, you, you can't back it out and, and move it into a Roth that easily. So um, make sure you're aware of what you're doing. Yeah, that's a very good point. Essentially, what, what Rich is saying is that if you have money in your after-tax account, don't rush and then commingle them into an IRA because then things gonna get a lot more complicated for you. Uh, and it's gonna be very, uh, a little bit more difficult for you to unwind um, that from an IRA. So before you make any decisions with your 401k, talk to a planner, you know, come out and talk to a fiduciary advisor 
so that you can get a much better understanding on, on your options and what to do and, and so on. Uh, but with that said, we wanted to uh, thank you guys all for tuning in to a new uh, episode of the Fresh Perspective podcast. My name is Michael Mazaritsky, and you can find us at milestoneamg.com. If you have any questions, you can shoot us an email at info at milestoneamg.com. And I've been a pleasure uh, speaking to you guys. And uh, Rich, you want to say a quick bye here to people? <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. And until next time. Uh, we'll be back in a week with a, a very interesting episode where we're going to talk specifically around distributions in retirement, what to look for, how to do them, what's important, what's not important. This is the topic that I'm really excited to talk about. That's my favorite thing to do is to talk how to spend the money in retirement that you work so hard to accumulate. So tune in next week uh, as we are going to post this episode for you guys. And thank you all for listening in and uh, have a great rest of the day. All right. Take care. <laughs>